0: All right. Let's roll. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Mike Sappho Podcast, broadcasting to you live, as always, from Jack Dempsey's, 36 West 33rd Street, around the corner from the Empire State Building. Find my podcast anytime on any uh, podcast station, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, by searching Mike Saffo, M-I-K-E-S-A-F-O. Joined today by 10-year NFL veteran, looking good, plus size model, <laughs> but more importantly, doing some amazing charity work. My man, Tutan rays. What's going on, bro? What's going on, bro? Man, thanks for having me. Always, oh, guy. This is like four years in the making.
1: I know we've been going back and forth, trying to get the schedules together. Finally worked out. You know what it is? I stayed in New York for more than like twenty four hours, so finally got it. So done, I got man. to lock you
0: down. Well, That's I have a gift true. for you because he, here's how long ago this was. We did the Chris Canty camp together. Well, you yeah. do it, and I just go walk around, and hang <laughs> out. You do the Chris Canty camp, and I'll, you know what? Let me tell you the best part about that. I don't know if you know this. I wasn't an athlete. I know you think I am because right. the way I'm built and stuff, <laughs> but. <laughs> But we finished a Chris Canty Camp, and it was like 100 degrees out. Yeah. Like, we're pouring sweat, and they get food catered. So we're all eating the food, and all the athletes and myself, we actually like kind of like go to the corners to eat, and some dude actually you for an autograph, mm. and then a line of like 50 kids. Yeah. I don't know if you remember this, because like, I knew you probably get extra autographs. 50 dudes line up to get autographs yeah. from you. You signed every autograph before Absolutely. eating, and like... I was getting mad. I remember, like, my like, dude, I'm trying to eat, and the kids—they thought I was like a punter or somebody. Like, hey, <laughs> hey, white guy, the pun- you're a punter, right? So they will sign this stuff. When uh, does that bother you ever? Just sign it nah, all. Nah, the- when it
1: when it comes to the kids, man, absolutely not. You know, I, I love it and. Anytime when I was younger, if I see if I saw a professional athlete or someone that I looked up to, I would have loved to to go out there and get an autograph. And plus, I'm from the city, so I know what it's like to not have many guys that are actually from where you're from make it to a professional level. So for me now, nah, all those kids that were there at Chris's camp, and I signed autographs all day for the kids. You know, the the, the adults sometimes though, yeah. when they're out there and they're flipping over the oh. the, uh, the the what is it like the uh, like the autograph like book, the autograph books, and they're flipping those over, and you know. That those are just going on eBay or on, you know, they're gonna sell those things or whatever. Nah, I, those I kind of shy
0: away from, it, but for me, if it's about the kids, anytime, man, no problem. See, i have never been a memorabilia guy. I don't get the memorabilia game. I, I just don't get for me yeah. personally, like you played any memorabilia. Do you keep any memorabilia or do you have anything?
1: Um, my stuff, yeah. I definitely keep uh I have, you know, jerseys from when I played in high school, all star games coming up. As a matter of fact, I even have a little league jersey. And I and I found a picture at my mother's house maybe about a week ago. I was helping out with some stuff. I found a little league jersey from when I was in Rochdale in the South Side of Jamaica, probably I probably was maybe ten years old. And I and I the picture we took, I was Maybe twenty seven, and I actually tried that jersey on. It's hilarious, man. <laughs> I probably I put it up one day for for uh, Throwback Thursday or something, man. It's a, a green well, green and yellow Warriors jersey, and I'm ripping out of this. Thing. It's crazy, man. But yeah, I do keep my stuff. Uh, some things I keep uh, Super Bowl stuff when I went with the Panthers, mm-hmm. and obviously briefly with the Giants. So I, I, I kept uh, uh, I have some pictures and plaques, and you know. Uh, what is it, when they, they put your your name and number over the lock and the yeah, Giants, yeah, yeah. I had to keep like that. Placard, yeah, like the placard? like yeah. over the placard over the lock. I had to keep that just being a New York guy. So, you know, I do def- I definitely keep some things.
0: But never ask another player for an autograph? You ever do that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, man. Okay, absolutely okay.
1: The, the best, and I'm, I'll try to make it quick, man, the best No, dude, story, tell as long as you want. I love, cool. These are his the best stories. It's right, like, cool, why'd you
0: choose? I want to hear these stories.
1: So coming up, obviously I was a Giants, a Giants fan, but at that, at that time uh Jerry Rice was hands down the best player in the league still the best you know, player still ever. still best, best player ever so my rookie year I had a, a guy who was like a big brother to me Wally Williams he's um we're playing the Saints we play I'm on the Saints rather than we're playing the 49ers so I'm out there pregame I'm I'm, I'm uh I'm not playing that particular game but as a pregame and I'm watching Jerry Rice warm up so I got my headphone on headphones on just watching him and I'm, my mouth is open. I don't even know it. So Wally comes up to me and, and sits on the bench next to me. He said, "Hey, man." I said, "Look." I said, "Yeah." He said, "That's Jerry Rice." I said, "Yeah, man. I know." So he's like, "You want his autograph, don't you?" Right? <laughs> so I'm like, "Nah, I don't want his autograph." He said, "Listen, you don't got to be this cool New York kid that's too big to get an autograph." He said, "That's Jerry Rice. You never know when you have this opportunity again. Go out there and get his autograph." So I'm looking at him and I'm thinking, you know, I've, I've arrived. I made it to the NFL. I'm like, nah, I'm too cool for school. I'm not getting Jerry Rice autograph. I don't care. It is who it is. So. I let the moment pass. And then after, I'm like, damn, I should have got Jerry Rice's autographs. I'm beating myself <laughs> up. Kids unite, Mike. Kids not Mike. About five years later, I'm now on the Panthers, and we make it to the Super Bowl, but we lose to the Patriots. Mm-hmm. So there's an after party, and um, Jerry Rice is one of the hosts of the party. So I happen to go there. And I see Jerry Rice walking in. But now I have my moms with me, my aunt, my cousins and everything. And I'm like, damn, it's Jerry Rice again. And
0: you again. just played in the, so the Super Bowl. So
1: now I got a little more credibility behind me, right? <laughs> so now I'm like, I, I'm not letting this moment pass. So I see Jerry Rice. I, I tell the promoter, I said, listen, man, that's Jerry Rice right there. Do you think I can go up to him and get his autograph? Would you mind introducing us to make it you know, more official yeah. so I'm not just like some fan in a party, right? So she's like, yeah, no problem. Too tall walks me over. I said, hey, Mr. Rice, how you doing? My name is Tuton Reyes, you know, played in the league for a few years. Uh, I met you several years ago, but would you mind if I get an autograph? It would mean mean a lot. He's like, all right, no problem. So my mother's sitting there watching this whole thing unfold, right? You know how moms are real (laughs) overprotective, right? So I see a waitress and I said, miss, can I get a piece of paper or a receipt or something so I can get Jerry Rice's autograph real quick? So she's like, all right, cool. She walks down the hall. I'm like, damn! I have to follow her because I got to expedite this process. You can't have no, you can't the greatest, miss opportunities. Can't, can't miss opportunity. You can't have the greatest NFL player ever waiting on you to get him your autograph, his, his autograph, right? So I'm like, all right, I'm gonna follow this waitress down to kind of get the pen, paper, real quick, and run back. So as I'm walking down this hall following a waitress, Jerry Rice follows me, and I don't know it. So he's following me to kind of make it quick too. <laughs> yeah. My mom's grabs him and don't like, yo, what are you doing? Don't follow him down here. I don't care. He said he'll be right back and give you his autograph when he gets back. You don't need to follow him. That's real creepy, and I don't know what you're doing. So I'm looking back, seeing my mother barking on Jerry Rice, right? I run back. I'm like, ma, no, what are you doing? This is Jerry Rice. You can't touch You can't touch him. You can't yell at him. What are you doing? She's like, what do you mean? He wants your autograph. I said, no, ma, I want his don't autograph. Yo, what are you doing? So she's like. I don't know no damn Jerry Rice. I don't know who this is. I just see some man following you down the hall. It ain't that serious. I said, hey, Mr. Rice, I'm so sorry. I apologize. Oh. So he's hysterically laughing, yo. Because, you know, he, he's cool about the whole situation. My mom's is embarrassed. I'm embarrassed. My mother's just this overprotective lady from Brooklyn that wasn't letting nobody stalk her son. You know oh what I mean? God. So, But it was dope. So needless <clears> to say, I get the receipt. He signs the autograph. I still have that autograph on my in my nightstand to this day. You know, the greatest player ever to play the game. And that's the a autograph. great story. Yeah, man. Classic,
0: man. That's classic. Don't you love how old protective
1: moms have oh, They don't care absolutely. who you are. It you doesn't know? matter who it is. They just don't follow my son. It's not that serious. He just was in the Super Bowl. There's no need for you to be walking <laughs> behind him. So. Oh, my God. That's a great mom. story. Yeah,
0: man. All right. So here's my gift to you. So four, I met you like three or four years ago. Yeah, yeah. We do the camp like we talked about. I drive you back in my little Civic That's with like right. no That's air right. conditioner. I remember, right. I remember that. Chris was like, yo, can you drive me back? I'm like, yeah, I'll drive you back. I never knew. You. I never met you before. Yeah. We're driving back. Dude, you have like no air conditioner, my little Honda Civic. And I tell you I'm going to Iceland. You're like, oh, right. get me a gift. Right. So, guy, yes. four years in the making, there's your Iceland shot <laughs> class. Nice.
1: <laughs> nice. Definitely appreciate it. I'm surprised you still got it, bro. <laughs> And I tried nice to give it certain. away to a lot of people. No one wanted it. This is dope. So I collect shot glasses from everywhere either I go or, or where my friends you actually really? travel. Yeah. I, I have... got to tell
0: you something. This is no joke. So I, you know what? I have the rarest one. I'm going to give it to you. It's from Iraq. Nice. Yeah. They, yeah. they don't really
1: have them. All, no, though, no. I've yeah. been to
0: like 40-something. I just got back from Southeast Asia for remember, two weeks. you, now, you travel me. and stuff. Yeah, you did yeah. Brazil. Yeah. Where else have you been lately? Anyway lately? Uh,
1: lately? No, nah, not really. Lately, Well, uh, Toronto. Did Toronto. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the past, I've done um, uh, – Where I, I went to uh, – where was it? Yeah. Uh, vale and, and beaver creek colorado went mm-hmm. there with carlos simmons another former nfl player another former giant and uh that was hilarious i was on the slope skiing and stuff first time so that was it los <laughs> fell man it was too funny I'll talk, talk about that later but um uh, yeah man um i haven't really been anywhere major lately but um i definitely do travel quite a bit man i've been to south africa Botswana for three weeks so that was that well, was pretty cool. my
0: dream I, i'm yeah. so mad my boy simba he'll listen he was supposed to come to and co-host with me mm. and he's from Zimbabwe. Mm, nice. And we, yeah, we, we're yeah. trying to go to Africa. I think we're going to go in September of this year for like three weeks. Mm. Zambia, Zimbabwe. Yeah, yeah. South yeah. Africa. We're going to do all those. Yeah, that's mm. what we're trying to do. got to go on the safaris, man. Of oh, course. Amazing. I can't wait. I, I'm dying to go. Africa, I'm telling you, I've been all over Southeast Asia, Japan, Korea, yeah. everywhere. Just Thailand, Myanmar, and Africa's like my dream. I've always just... Need to go there, yeah, like the lore of Africa. I've always absolutely. wanted to go there. It's
1: just amazing, man. And the people out there, the culture, the things that you experience. I promise, if you go out there and actually see some of these people out there, uh, the way they actually they live, you'll come back to the states and have an over appreciation for the things that we have and the things that you actually complained about. And yeah. now to this day, I do my best not to complain about anything because you're talking about people with no running water, no uh, no food, no no electricity. You know the houses are built of of mud and cow cow crap you know what I'm saying yeah, yeah. put it together and, and cow manure and, and rub it together with water and make that that's their sheetrock, and it's reinforced with soda cans this is like the most crazy thing ever that it's you the can most imagine. humbling experience I've very heard. humbling and First. the worst
0: part is like I say it like oh you're in Africa it's so dangerous like stop nah. I hate when they say that it's like and you read like Real reviews of people who went there. Mm-hmm, and it's mm-hmm. like they want; they don't care if they have one penny. They're gonna give it yeah. to you. They want to help. They love. Absolutely. They love it. Yeah, I'm, I'm dying to go there. Yeah, it's dope out there. You're definitely loving,
1: it. and like I said, it's rewarding. Yeah. And if you can not go on a safari, because it's nothing. No, no we have we have to go. On a safari. Like I of won't course. even go to a zoo no, anymore, anymore because <laughs> <laughs> I got to go on a safari. <laughs> I'm like it's, it's nothing. My kids, I came back from Africa for three weeks. My daughter saw the pictures, and she's like, "Oh, let's go to the zoo." I was like, "I'm never going <laughs> to <laughs> a zoo <laughs> again." <laughs> don't you ever say nothing about a zoo? I don't want to see animals in cages, man. It's crazy, but just being out there, we saw a lion get killed saw them uh, eating a giraffe and the, uh, elephants standing over our where'd tents Where would
0: you do the uh, safari? We went in Botswana. My okay, Botswana. For, yeah, for yeah, course, yeah, yeah, so it was dope. Definitely uh, was dope. I, I lo- you see, that's why I love just randomly talking, but yeah. I'm always curious. About this. See, I never even asked you this in the car when I drove you. Grew up in Queens. Yeah, yeah. Oxford, Mississippi. Is that the <laughs> biggest change you can ever – because I'm always curious when people, like Rommel Bradley was mm-hmm. up here, Brooklyn boy, East New York, mm-hmm. went to Kentucky. Mm-hmm. But I'm telling you, Queens to Oxford is a little different. Man. Was it a sh- shell shock of the – your your life,
1: North and South Pole, completely. You know, and and obviously, I'm being in the South South Jamaica Queens growing up, and then some some time in Brooklyn as well. There weren't uh to be quite honest, there weren't many white people that, that, that were students of mine. It was majority uh, African American, Hispanic, and um and Arabic. You know, so uh going down there and just a total flip, being a minority, and this was like 1995, so. We still had the uh, the rebel flag when you walked. you came drove on yeah. the campus at Ole Miss. I've been at the Oxford, of course. Yeah. yeah. So it, and that was back then. And, and Coach Tuberville, I, I got to give him credit because at that time he said he can't recruit students if you don't. Uh, he can't recruit the best athletes if we have rebel flags everywhere, and if the official flag of the university is a rebel flag. So Obviously. <laughs> he switched it up right away. You know, but it was definitely a stark uh, difference from from what I grew up with. And and but I learned fast how to deal with different dynamics of uh, different people or uh, different coaches I, I wasn't you know, not, not, I wasn't against them uh, what they believed in but I didn't understand it you know what I mean I, I well, was I didn't grow up like you that. were never privy to it never, never privy to it didn't understand I said listen I told people multiple times listen if that's what you believe in that's on you just don't bring it to me mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying you don't bring it to me we won't have any problems and I and for the most part we didn't have any major problems down there but for on the football side Academically, they they definitely took care of us, made sure that we were we had everything, uh, any resources we needed in terms of tutoring, in terms of uh, extra workouts, supplements, and everything. I went down there at two forty eight at tight end from from New York, and by the time I left, I was two ninety nine. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it, it was definitely a great time. And and you see more now, more more uh, kids from the Northeast are going down to old Miss and going to Southern schools to go to college.
0: What was the biggest thing you missed going down there? You go down there, what after a week, like f I need like what'd you miss the most? The music. Really, music, really?
1: Yeah. So back then you got you could throw Biggie, hot 97, yeah, 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 hot ninety seven. You know, Funk Master Flex was going on back then. So you had Biggie, Jay Z was hot right then. Mob Deep from you know I was in Queens then. So Mob Deep, Black Moon. You know all these, all these uh, Wu Tang of course. All of these. And we didn't
0: have YouTube and uh, we iTunes, like, nah, that long we didn't even
1: stuff. have internet back then, barely. But I, I think I, they said they introduced email when I was in college. I was like, what the hell is an email? Like I was used to writing my grandmother, my mother letters. You know to tell them what I needed. You know I didn't have a cell phone or anything, but the music. And uh, and DJ Clue is actually from Queens, so uh, a lot of guys that I knew coming up. Every time I would talk to him, I'm like, send me the latest Clue, really, really? yeah, send me the latest Clue mixtape. You I was need so that. out of the loop. I was so out of the loop, you know. But um, I did bring every set of Timberlands I had <laughs> down there, you know. So they would call me New York and Ole Miss. It's like, oh, it's, it's hot down; it's 89 degrees, and you wearing Timberlands and shorts. <laughs> they didn't understand it, but listen. By the time I think it was my third or fourth year, I had everybody down there on the football team rocking Timberlands.
0: <laughs> New York boy. When you go down there, yeah. did you have to put on the New York persona like, like when I go away, yeah. like if I want to order a, a beer or a water at a bar, I'm like, have a beer and a water. I try to yeah, put, it on. A put on. Did you put a
1: Yeah, did you put a little extra yeah, on? Sometimes, sometimes I think when I was talking to females, I did. Yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> they loved it. <laughs> they love they it, loved they love it. They loved it. Yeah,
0: You're not from around yeah. here, like, nah, man, I'm, I'm, not. From <laughs> I'm from New York. I'm from New York. Now, growing up in New York, favorite New York spot to hang out. Growing up like 16 oh, wow. 15 16
1: 16 15 there was a it was a club in a city we used to sneak into cuz I was kind of tall we used sneaking at a club called Bentley's I never in the heard city of that. it I, it was on like uh right Limelight of, were light with the ones I heard about ben, I like Bentley's so I could always get in tunnel okay, was okay. hard to get in so mm-hmm. we would go we went to the tunnel I may mean, probably got in a, a few times and um tunnel was crazy too no, because you had control. you had different Burrows in each part of the club.
0: Complete different genres. You have like the white hipsters, you'd have the drug addicts. Everything. You'd have the hip hop room, and you'd have like the freaky room where you'd walk in and Never and seen, that, I never saw stuff like that in the start me of my neither. life.
1: And I actually, this is the funniest. I went to the tunnel one time, and um, I think it was the wrong night or something because I'm <laughs> I standing there and to- the music. The music was was rocking. And we in the middle chilling, and all of a sudden, the lights just start flashing in the middle of the floor. And I didn't drink back then, so you know, I went, the bars in the middle, and then right beside the bar, there's this is a huge dance floor. So we in the you know, middle dancing and everything, and all of a sudden, you hear like "Let there be house," and all of a sudden, he's six foot three, six foot four you know, male, female individuals start walking by with heels and it's a drag show in the middle of the club. And I'm like, holy, yo, what's, what's going on, man? I was like, listen, I don't need to be here right now. So we went to the other side and obviously it was the tunnel was so huge, you can go to another side and not see any of the stuff that's going on you know, we'd be in the hip hop room dancing the, the Wu-Tang and stuff, and you don't see none of the drag show that's going on yeah, on I, the other side of the tunnel. I went
0: there twice. I'll never forget. The one time I went there, like, people having pacifiers. I didn't know what yeah, the ecstasy yeah. was. I'm like, why that guy drinking water? Like, it's. And then I watched, like, really sexual acts that I've I, never yeah, even heard yeah, of. I'm like, yeah, they had a but, room with was going on. Yeah, yeah, and I remember. Up there I told my everything. boys, I'm like, listen, Walker, I told Justin, I'm like, mm-hmm. guys, we're going to go a tunnel. It's the greatest place. And they went there, like, guy, where are you taking me? Yeah. You saw things. I'm like, dude, this me is too. the worst place. Me too. I seen, like, they would. Yeah, they were like doing st- humping each other on yeah, the stage
1: like- and stuff, and, and it had seats. I, it was just so weird. And then you go into the bath, you go into the bathroom, and you make a right, and then it's just like it's open, free for all bathrooms. You
0: know, males, females, I've everything going it. on. And like I, like you said, as a kid, I'm like, yo, this has been much for me, man. It was completely out of my mind. and I, I didn't, I never did a drug in my life. So yeah, these guys are. Yeah. I see Coke, I see, I'm like I was like 16, yeah. like what am I like what am I doing here? I'm like, yeah. this is a horrible It movie. was nuts, man. And I should... and that was back on 42nd Street. Yeah, everything oh, was, was just
1: cold. rampant on 42nd Street. You just go out there and get whatever you want. All right, it, so yeah, Bentley's like... where else? Where else? So Bentley's I like the tunnel too. Those were two of my uh two of the spots I really used to go to when I was when I was younger. Yeah. Okay. Oh, the Q Club it was a spot in in, in Queens. Oh, you see, you were cool than me. I did not yeah. remember the Q Club. Q Club was in a spot in Queens too. Yeah.
0: Worst New York fashion you rocked. Like was there there had to be one style. I'll tell you mine, you ready? Steve, you know, Steve Massiello. He coaches Mahan College. Yeah, He was up here like three days ago. My worst, I used to rock the one leg up, one leg uh, down. Uh, out, and the starter jacket with all the little pins on it. I them, got right? you. I got Bourgeois. you. What was your worst style?
1: I think it might have been I had a cross colors, oh. like <laughs> pair of green jeans or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> and the pockets was huge. The, the pockets that supposed to be in the back were huge, but they were actually in the front. So that. you can like put your hands oh. in your back pockets and your front on your hips. <laughs> so how
0: bad? How bad were those styles?
1: terrible, man? Terrible, man.
0: Like you, the tight jeans now, you look okay. But the, we had some bit. Yeah, we had some. Remember bad the Carl You remember the Carl.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I had a lot of Carl t- I never, I never rocked platinum fubu though with the. Uh, with the uh, what's his name with Bill Cosby's character, the Bill Cosby Show kids and all of that on there. And Snoopy. Oh, yes, you know? yes, oh, I, remember. I never, oh, I never rocked, was like I, the iceberg. Stuff? Iceberg had Snoopy, yeah. Okay. But um, uh, um, Platinum Fubu had the big faces and everything on a on a chest and on a on a back pockets I never. Rocked how did them. we ever get rocked. girls back
0: then? I look at pictures and like. Know, man. I used to dye my hair. Like I'm like, how did I ever get a girl back then? Ever. <laughs> all right, listen. we NFL draft just yeah. happened a few days yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah. You got drafted fifth round. I did. Two questions on it. One, when did you know you were getting drafted? Like not the day before. Like when in Ole Miss, you're like, shit, I'm gonna I'm gonna make the league.
1: Um well for me, my my high school, no, me, my college roommate and um, one of my good friends to this day, Terrence Metcalf, mm-hmm. played several years in the league as well. Yeah. He was an offensive lineman. Um he was my roommate my senior year, and after the season was over, we went to a bowl game, the independence bowl, and 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 I think we beat Oklahoma. And we're sitting back in the room back home in Oxford, and everybody's talking about who's going to make it to the league or what have you. And we had another tackle, offensive tackle, Todd Wade. He went in the second round that year. He was a very, very big, you know, massive guy. Went to the uh, uh, Miami Dolphins, as a matter of fact. And then Metcalf was telling me, he's like, yo, too, you know what? You're probably going to make it to the league. I'm like, nah, man, I'm not. And I did have a good senior year. I, did, I gave up like one sack that year. Um, played against some All-Americans, did my thing. And um, he's like, nah, you're going to go. I'm like, nah, bro, I'm not going to go, man. You know, I haven't heard anything, any all-star games. I know uh, an agent wanted to sign me, but you no know, all-star games, no hype behind me. Every All the hype on the offensive line was behind Todd Wade and, at mm-hmm. that time, Chris Samuels, who's also all-SEC uh, yeah. first-round pick. Went the Redskins, number, right? Went to the Redskins, yeah, yeah. I think number three overall. Mm-hmm. So the hype of the offensive tackles in NFL, uh, going to the draft that year, to the league that year, were around centered around those two guys. So... Um, but Metcalf was the first one telling me, like, yo, keep your head up. You know, keep your confidence going because you'll have an opportunity to get, get drafted. Then the East-West game came and give, gave me a shot to play in that game. And then also the Senior Bowl. And then before you know it, I got an invite to the combine. And things started coming together. And then next thing you know, I got drafted fifth round by the Saints. So that was cool. Man. While
0: the draft's going on, obviously, you know you're not going first or second round. Yeah. Are you glued to the TV? Or Absolutely.
1: Not? Because at that time, um, <coughs> I, you know, when Mel Kuyper will put the top best available mm-hmm. picks, In terms of linemen, I was like number two. Oh,
0: so you stole your name on there?
1: At the second round. Because that year we had, uh, of course, Chris Samuels went number uh, three overall. Ty Wade wound up going early in the second round. I think back then the first two rounds were on day one. And then three and four was on on day two. And then five, six, and seven was on the last day. So... As the second round pops up, my name is on the screen. I'm like, oh, this this is real, you know. So at this NFL, point, yeah. I'm I'm thinking I'm going in the second round. Mel Kuiper, <laughs> this guy knows everything, right? So I'm sitting there glued to the TV, <laughs> and of course, it didn't happen the first day. So I'm kind of you know kind of heard about that, but hung out with my my family, my friends out in Atlanta at that time. My mother just had moved down there, and we kicked it. Then the next day, uh, rounds three went. And now you're on the screen Still best available Still on the screen And I'm seeing guys That I know for a fact I'm better than And what I didn't understand Is that maybe in in the combine They put so much weight on it In terms of uh, bench press 40s And what have you So At that time there were guys that were Way stronger than me You know I wasn't always The strongest NFL player College player What have you Guys that were stronger than me Um, I had quick feet or whatever So I felt like I could uh, Compete and keep up with anything And one thing I had Was hard being from New York You know what I'm saying So
0: no, you're, you're right, though.
1: Seriously, yeah. Yeah, ironically, these guys go before me, and I'm pissed. I'm calling my agent <laughs> like, what's going on? Why is this guy getting picked? Why this guy stunk it up at the combine? He, he gave up this amount of sacks, what have you. So all of this goes by, and then finally, um, I'm in the house. People are calling, but it's not a team. So I'm, like, cursing family members out, like, yo, don't call me until you see my name. I don't want to hear... What you have going on right now? I know you 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 wish well. I know you want to say good luck. I don't care about your phone that.
0: rings. You're getting amped up like I'm about right. Oh, you're what's right. Up, exactly? Man, yeah.
1: And you don't. And, you, and I didn't want to do that. So I would just like throw the phone to you know to my my cousin or my moms or something. And then, then finally. I leave everybody downstairs in my mother's house watching the draft, and I just go upstairs to be by myself to kind of, you know, I'm getting a little bit emotional. The mm-hmm. fifth round is coming up. I'm like, God, this is, is this even going to happen? And then um, my mother finally comes up, and it's just me and her in the room, in her room. So I'm sitting there. I'm like, Mom, I don't even know if this is going to happen. You know, this is weird. It's crazy. Uh, it's just a crazy feeling. You got all your family came down from New York, your best friends coming up, and then all of a sudden the, um, the phone rings. It's a, it's a 504 number. So it was, it was the uh, – Ricky Ricky something. He was the director of player personnel. Okay. And um he calls, he said, Hey man, it's Tuton. I said, Yeah, it's Tuton. So how you doing? This is uh this is Ricky such, and such from the um from the Saints. I said, How you doing? So now I'm like, Oh, this is this is it. You know what I'm <laughs> saying? He said, Yeah, so um we I think we're gonna he said, How you how you feeling? I said, I'm feeling good. He said, You in shape? I said, Hell yeah. He said, You wanna play some football? I said, hell yeah. He said, You wanna be a saint? I said, hell <laughs> yeah. And that's all I could keep saying was hell yeah. He said, All right, well, we're gonna pick you here with uh uh with your next with our next pick or, or the fifth round. I said, Yo, thank you so much. I appreciate it, man. You know, you're not, I'm not gonna let you guys down. You're gonna get a hell of a player, whoop de whoop. Give him, you know, the spiel and everything, and then all of a sudden I hear the road downstairs because my name goes across the screen you know as get, as the second of the, of the, of the first uh, fifth round the, the saints picked two time race so everybody's running upstairs i'm crying already you know what i'm saying because so it's there, real you're up there, I'm you're up your up mom. there with my mother what a moment. crazy moment so everybody got so happy i just my son was like one years old at the time okay so everybody got so happy they ran upstairs to see me but then they left him downstairs Right? So I'm sitting there like, yo, everybody's clapping and hugging me. I'm like, where's Tyreek? Where's my son? Where's my son? <laughs> and they run downstairs to go grab him, bring him to me. And then I, I put some pictures on Instagram. You see the pictures of me holding him while I'm still crying and everything. So it's pretty cool, Dude, man. that's some moment
0: with your mom. Yeah, Holy, It
1: was wild. just me and my mother. You know what I mean? And coming up. You couldn't up, plan it any better. No better. You can't script that. And then, of course, coming up, uh growing up in, in Brooklyn and Queens, it was just me and my mother. So it was ironic that I shared that moment with her. So it was major, man.
0: First big purchase you
1: made Wow, uh, I had to say probably a truck, man, and yeah, definitely a truck. But I got that, you know, your agents kind of give you a little bit of money once you uh, once you sign on with them before mm-hmm. the draft process, give you a line of credit, I should say. Okay, and then, um, but yeah, I got like a '98 suburban, man. It was crazy, The box body. It was 2000, <laughs> but I got the '98 suburban because it was one of those cars I always wanted. Um, the, the president used to drive around in it, you know what I mean? So it was all black, black interior, black rims, all of this. So that was probably the 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 first major purchase that that I had once I got to the league.
0: What's your like I know the Jerry Jerry Rice story, the welcome to the NFL moment. Like when you said holy <laughs> crap, I'm in the NFL like was there a moment like shit, I'm in the I just made the NFL. Was there a welcome to the NFL moment? Um I, I think for me,
1: maybe you know, they, they talk about I guess not the hazing but how the vets treat the rookies when you first get there. I didn't I didn't get hazed I never got taped to a goal post, I never got beat up. Um I never got anything crazy but they, they made me buy some chicken you know okay. what I mean and then buy some donut. <laughs> and I'm the you know the tough New York guy and all of this stuff but the first the first game we played with the Saints uh, 2000 that season the preseason game we played against the Jets so I'm coming back home on my first NFL game so I'm hyped but at this point I still ain't really you know no, no major money so everybody I got like 25 people that want to come to the game I'm like listen y'all gotta pay for these tickets you know what I mean I know it seems great y'all pay for these tickets either give my mother the money or Western Union me the money mm-hmm. so by this point they're like, all right, Rook, you got to bring some chicken on the plane for the flight. So I'm thinking, man, I got these damn millionaires asking me to buy them oh. food. I'm like, what the hell is this? I'm like, nah, y'all, y'all, whatever. I got to get this money for, <laughs> for these tickets, right? <laughs> so I get on a plane, and, 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 you know, the NFL players will tell you it's a gauntlet when you get on that first plane ride because all the veterans are looking at your suit, looking at how you dress. They're going to clown you all the way to your seat if you don't come correct. So I had a decent suit on or whatever, but I didn't have no chicken. So I'm on the phone with my <laughs> this m- crazy I'm on the phone with my mother at the time and um I mean my lineman that year well, yeah, you got Willie Rolfe all time probably course. one of the best left tackles ever, ever. played in game Kyle Turley you know he was a wild guy Chris <laughs> Nayoli was pretty good uh in his day too Jerry Fontana who's the coach with the uh coach with the uh packers he played for several years won a super bowl with the with the uh with the bears back in 86 and my man wally williams so those were the starting guys then you had a bunch of backup guys that you know kind of smelling themselves so, so one of the backup guys i'm on the phone <laughs> with my mother talking about where to get the money from who's coming to bring the money for the tickets and all of this so the backup dude who i'm actually competing with at the time for a spot it's like rook where's the chicken so i look at him I said, yo, give me a second. I'm on the phone because I'm on the phone with my mother. You know how we, you know, we don't play when it comes. to No, that's it. it. it it's mom. That's it. That's yeah, yeah. it. Nothing else matters. It can be the right. hottest
0: girl in the world. Mom's on the Mom's phone. That's, that's it. That's it. So
1: he's like, yo, Rook, I'm on the phone. I said, yo, I said, yo, give me a second. Yo, I, I know he said, Rook, where's the chicken? I said, give me a second. I'm on the phone with my mom. Yo, so chill. So he's like, I don't care who you on the phone with. Yo, you oh. supposed to bring some damn chicken. Where the f is the chicken? I say, yo, mom, hold on one second. I say, you mother. You. Know I told you this is on the plane with the with the coaches, the GM, Kyle materially I'm saying, you my, I told you I was on the phone with my moms. I'm on the phone trying to get this money for these tickets. I said, chicken, chicken, you want some damn chicken? You an effing millionaire. Buy your own effing chicken. So everybody's like, oh, this is a rookie. This New York kid is wilding. But that was my right of passage because I ain't take no, no junk from, from anybody. <laughs> But after that, I get back on the phone. I'm like, yeah, Ma, I think I just got myself <laughs> I'm scared as hell. But, you know, I, I basically checked him, and, and that was my right of passage to where it was like, all right, we're not going to mess with this kid because he, he's holding his own. You know what I'm saying? So they got me back later, though. They made me go, they made me, man, they made me leave meetings, man. And we were supposed to, so as, as the season goes on, you're supposed to get in the morning before meetings, you're supposed to get hot Krispy Kreme donuts and cold milk, Okay. right? Every Saturday before we before we leave to go on a plane and bring chicken, right? right. So <laughs> by this time, I, I hadn't brought any chicken, but I started bringing the hot Krispy Kreme donuts and the cold milk. So I had a party one night in New Orleans, and then and it came back to the meeting, and they had special teams meetings. All the rookies had to go to special teams meetings, either if they were on special teams or not. I wasn't on it, but at the same time, I didn't want to be late. So what I did was I left – the the donuts and the milk in my car to run into the special teams meeting. So when the special teams meeting starts, the O line doesn't have to go. They watching the film already, right? <clears throat> so I go 15 minutes at the special teams meeting, come out, run back to the truck, come back in, bring the uh, donuts and the milk to the to the O line. <laughs> but by this time, the donuts are cold and the milk is hot. <laughs> no, so, so yeah, you're in New Orleans, yeah, you're in New Orleans. yeah. You took a 90 degrees, so the milk then got hot. <laughs> So I'm sitting there, and I put all the food down, and, and the guys open it up. And by this time, remember, it's 15 minutes after they expected it. They ain't even want it no more. So Wally Williams, again, who was my big brother at the time, he took care of me to this point, you know, showed me the roast and everything. I'm sitting next to him. So I can see him looking at me after he bites <laughs> He bites into the donut, spits it out back on the table, and throws the donut down. I see him looking at me out, out, of, out of my peripheral, but I don't make eye contact with him. So Wally's on one side, Willie roasts on the other side. <laughs> So I hear Willie Roth like laughing his deep, of, just laughing and stuff. And then uh, Wally's like, "What the hell is this, man?" I said, "What?" He said, "What the fuck is this, man?" I'm like, <laughs> "I said, man, is is what is the donuts and the milk? You guys are <laughs> <Donuts and laughs> milk. so he's like, "Man, we asked for hot donuts and cold milk. You got one freaking job to bring hot donuts and cold milk. You bought freaking warm do- warm milk and cold donuts. Don't nobody want this." And I'm looking at him like. This is supposed to be my big brother. So, first I say, yo, why, why are you yelling at me here? <laughs> so I'm like, right there with friends. <laughs> and this is in the middle of a, of a meeting, film going on and everything. So, the O-line coach, Jack Henry, stops the film. So, I'm looking at him like, yo, why are you yelling at me? You supposed to like, out of everybody, you supposed to be my man, you know? So, he's like, yo, you know what? Matter of fact, go back to McDonald's and get some, um, some breakfast biscuits for everybody. I said, I'm not going to McDonald's, man. You bugging. So, he's like, yo, go to McDonald's and get some biscuits. I'm like, what I look like going to McDonald's to get some biscuits right now? I just spent all my money <coughs> on these hot donuts and cold milk and y'all don't want it. So he's like, yo, listen, you going right now? I said, I ain't going right now. So I'm looking at the coach. I said, yo, plus, anyway, we watching film. I can't just get up and leave the film room. He said, I don't care. What you got to do? You ain't playing no way. <laughs> no, I was oh, like, everybody's like, oh, they oh. dying last. So he, he suns me, yo, just just totally just destroys my confidence, everything. <laughs> oh. So I'm looking at him like. Yo, he's dead serious. So I look at the O-line coach, and he's like, he shrugs his shoulder, like, waving, nodding, in approval. Like, yeah, you might got to go ahead. and. Oh, but man. this was all of this was stemming from me pulling a stunt on a plane, plane and that thing in, you know, the whole time. So they finally find a way to, to, get, to, get to, to pop that New York ego. And then I get okay. up, and I'm looking, and I'm like, yo, you know what? I said, all right, I'll get your damn uh, biscuits. I said, yo, but I'm going to finish this donut first. <laughs> so I get a donut. <laughs> your cold donut. <laughs> my cold donut. So I get the donut and walk out. But I call my mother in the truck. I'm like, Man, yo, I can't believe it! I finally, they finally got me. Like, I gotta drive back before meeting, and make it back before practice walkthrough start to get some some more food. And I got this food. She's like, "Yo, what you gonna need on your mother?" Always like, man. always, yeah. She said, "What you gonna do?" I said, "Yo, I don't want to play in the league no more." <laughs> oh, so they 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 really they all ganged up on me and played me, man. So she's like, "Boy, get off my phone and go get this. <laughs> do what you gotta do, man." So man, I went up there, got the biscuits, and when I bought the biscuits back, they didn't even eat them. They said he took a bite and said, "Man, I don't want this neither," and threw it back down, and they left oh. it there. So that was my they, they one. Per, yeah, that was a welcome
0: to the NFL. That was the welcome
1: to the NFL. That's the one thing they did. Now,
0: I got to thank you. I'm going to tell you why I'm going to thank you. Well, you've been doing it for, I know you have to leave in a few minutes. No, we're good, man. We're good here's me. why I got to thank you. So I've had probably, I think it's like my 90-something, 100th show, a ton of athletes, celebrities, authors, people I find fascinating, everybody. And you tell them stories, they give like the most generic answers. And I try to ask like generic questions because yeah. like they get like so, oh, here and like they're so not into it. And usually when we finish taping, like, oh, you want to hear a great story? Dude, you're telling the Jerry Rice story. Those are stories, like, <laughs> dude, that's what people want to hear. They yeah. don't want to hear, like, I chose this school because of the, like, dude, that's like real Listen, shit. How man, great is that? I, I always say I'm
1: going to be the greatest grandfather ever whenever <laughs> that day comes because I got stories for days, man, days,
0: man. Hey, I always wonder this because you started, you play tight end and, like, easy now, you play basketball or baseball, you model your game after somebody. How is an offensive lineman, like, do you model your game after somebody? Especially now with YouTube, because now with YouTube you type in best left tackle players and you can – how do you model yourself? Because I was always curious that with offensive linemen.
1: Well, I think with offensive line is it's just technique. You see who does it the best in the NFL or guys that you may have looked up to growing up. Or chances are now, whatever school – and they have so many opportunities. So whatever school you're going to go to, they have all these camps, chances are you'll see – a veteran or somebody that's played in the league that'll get in your ear or you have somebody that knows someone a couple of degrees of separation that'll get in your ear and tell you hey check this guy out check this guy out so when I see Excuse me, offensive linemen now that are playing um, in high school ball. I say, yo, check out highlights of Willie Rove, check out highlights of Jonathan Ogden, you know, check out highlights of Brian Waters, guys that have played that you may not know because you were a baby when they were uh when they were playing in their primes. But if you look and you can find film on these guys once in
0: generation players. Once in
1: a generation type players and you can't you can't uh you can't beat that. So I mean, for me, I didn't, I played, like you said, I played tight end. The guy I I emulated was Howard Cross when he played with the Giants. 87. 87, and that was my number in high school, 87, you know. So, and I actually met Howard when I was with the Giants briefly, and, um, he was on a plane, I think, doing radio and I told him, I said, Yo, everybody was really on, you know, Mark Bavaro, Carl Banks, Lawrence Taylor. I said, Those are some great guys. I said, Yo, but I was a Howard Cross fan, really? I had Number eighty seven. He's like, Oh, that's what's up, you know. So I put a smile on his face. But yeah, I think for for, for Lyman, you gotta just really work on your technique over day in, day, day out. Um, focus on your strength, your hips, et cetera, and then really find somebody that that's done it before you and then and, and pretty much emulate them. Because when I call it a violent ballet, you know what I'm saying, up front. This is a violent ballet because it's so violent, the game is, but if you really, you can put a soundtrack to it if you take off make it the commentary and make it mm-hmm. beautiful, you know, and it's, it's very hard. And I tell kids now, I said, when, you, when you're an offensive lineman and you're watching these defensive guys, I said, take obviously take the commentary off, cut the TV off in the background. I said, put some music on. It could be your favorite hip-hop song or whatever. And then just watch his moves. Watch his moves to that beat. So it could be like doom doom. So that's his first steps. His first step in his club is doom doom. You know what I'm saying? Saying so doom doom. And you see him making the moves. And you the- see him do it, And they keep rewinding it to that beat. And then you start to get the timing of the defensive lineman's move. And once you do that, and you're in the game, you got that that soundtrack going on in your head. That's once wild. he does, once he does that move, you know the you know the beat already. So once you know the beat already, you can stop his moves. And it's, and that's what I did in the league. And that's what made me last for ten years for playing. Now the NFL. let's
0: get off football and stuff because you do a great thing with the charity. Yeah, yeah. Like, for real, like, beyond the boroughs. Just tell me, because I'm, I'm curious, one, how you got into it. Because everyone does, like you and Chris are really into the charity thing. Yeah. What got you so involved in charity? Like, hey, I'm going to give back. I want to give back. Because you go all in for it. You're, yeah, absolutely. So absolutely. tell me back. Because I'm actually really curious about it. It's not like, hey, I really want to fucking hear it.
1: Yeah, so so coming up, um, being in New York, two of my, my, my goals were, one, to, to play football. And professionally, I wanted to do that since I learned that I was good at it, I could play. And then growing up also I would see all the businessmen hopping on the bus or the train wearing a suit. And I was like, damn, I don't have no suit. And well, it's but cool. like
0: you, when you mean where you grew up? Where I grew in up, Queens. yeah. yeah okay. Queens. So
1: I would see them going to work in a suit. And for me the suit just just signified money, you know what I mean, or signify some sort of wealth or some sort of uh, like a job. Like they mm-hmm. were going to something. And they always were going – to Manhattan, so obviously being for Brooklyn and Queens, Manhattan is you still part of the boroughs, but that's where all the skyscrapers are, mm-hmm. and that's where you hear about that's the, where the money is. You the money is, you hear about this thing called a stock market, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So you just assume that they're going to the money, you know. So those were two of my dreams growing up, and then when I got to the league, I made it, so that was one of my dreams, and then I started wearing suits to work, so that was dope. But the thing was, we was I started coming back to New York and bringing guys from down south because the league is dominated from. Uh, guys from down south, midwest, and California, mm-hmm. it just is, right? Not not a lot of New York guys in the NFL. So what I would do is bring these cats from from the southern cities to New York for the draft because it was it was really popping back then and they never came to New York. So I set it out. And they loved the, it, right? They and do- they loved it. They were like, this is nuts, man. So we stay in Times Square. Um, I would have you know, everything they wanted. So the, the the food, the parties, you know, call all the female friends. I know just everything. At 3 a.m. walk down, like, why the lights up? on. Why yeah. the lights on Times Square. we walking back to, you know, from the club. And they, they just loved it so much. But then finally, after, like, three years of doing it, I'm kind of like, all right, this is great, but it's all fleeting. You hung over the next day. You don't remember everything you did last Mm -hmm. night, and there's nothing to show for it, and I got all these guys up here in the NFL, and then I went back to my high school. I took them to my high school to do a camp, and then I'm I'm going through the halls and asking about the graduation rate, which was dropping. My school, August Martin, was one of the better schools. Now I believe it's still on the list of schools that are being closed in the city, and I'm like, this is not how it's supposed to be. So I said, I have to do something and capitalize on the fact I got all these you know, top cast from, you know, Maurice Jones, drews Julius Peppers, uh, Chris Jenkins at the time, you know, guys coming up in their prom, um, coming up and, and coming to New York to hang out. Why not create something to help the educational system as well as athletics, mm-hmm. you know, and it's centered around the draft. So the, so the social life is going to be there. So, I'm like, hey, I will create Beyond the Burrows as a national scholarship fund. So we support students that don't have enough money to attend college. Okay, obviously, and growing up in Queens, I didn't know if I was going to go to uh, to college. There's several students that the reason they don't go, they may have the grades, but they don't have the money. Mm-hmm. And 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 that I don't think that that should be a reason why students don't get an opportunity to extend their education. So created Beyond the Burrows and. We give up twenty uh, up to twenty thousand dollars over four years to a student with, with a college acceptance letter, but an unmet financial need. So, if, say if they want to go to NYU and tuition is I don't know forty thousand dollars, whatever it is right now, and then um, their financial aid package only come, covers up to thirty five. We have that remaining five thousand. It may not seem like a lot, but what it is is it bridges that gap and actually helps you go to the school that you want to go to, or knocks off some of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, student debt that you'll get once you the do graduate. Gonna have. The burden you're going to have. The you're going to have of that student loan. And we've been doing this since, uh, created it in, in 2007. I gave out, uh, our first five scholarships in 2009. And to date, through us and our partner organizations, and thanks to all our donors, board members, et cetera, we've given out 70 partial scholarships to help 70 must-deserving students across the country go to college. And, uh, oh, it's the whole country. It's not just... Yeah, yeah, it's national. It's okay. national. We want to do it big. So, you know, you got guys that are uh, may play ball in, on the West Coast. So we... we Get with them, incorporate them, say, hey, if you donate to the Beyond the Burrows, we'll reach out to your high school or your Boys and Girls Club on, on your behalf and say, hey, look, this money is out here fill out an application you never know you may be one of the uh, recipients of the scholarship so it's been great man we've been doing some work with Serena Williams for the Serena Williams Fund who she gave out about five scholarships a few years ago really? uh, the late Oscar De La Renta we partnered with him back in the days and he gave out some scholarships so we've, we've definitely been been going on board and, and looking to continue to grow in terms of the board members and, and raising more funds just to continue to help as many students as possible it's not just about the book education but obviously when you're in college it just opens up a whole new world in terms of networking in terms of uh, uh, your your validity when you get into the business world you know that's that's that sheepskin helps you out a lot it gives you the, the credence saying hey i've been through something allowing me to show that i'm worthy and deserving of this position
0: and working with you not for you so we've been no i don't know the answer to this going. some questions i actually knew the answer to like oh yeah. you went to old miss do the kids graduate? Like, do, you yeah. keep, do you guys keep up on them? Absolutely. Always keep, really? I'm,
1: I'm going to uh, one student is graduating from Emory University in Georgia, yeah, okay. 9 o'clock Monday morning, and my brother just hit me uh, this morning and shot me an email and said, hey, can you go to a graduation Monday? I'm like, absolutely. You know, This is one of the students that have been through the program, and we help him out. And, and because oh, of you,
0: is that like humbling? Like Because of dope. you, he graduated. You,
1: you know what it is? Charity work and philanthropic work is supposed to be selfless. But I, to a fault, once you see certain successes and see the dreams of someone else that you've helped, it becomes a bit selfish. And it's not in a bad way. It's like, yeah, you know what? When you hear the student speak, you're like, man, I had something to do with it. And that's, you know, it's not like a beat on your chest type thing. It's almost like a, a proud a type thing. Like, I'm glad that I can help somebody that. In, other, in, in another situation probably would not have went to college had it not been for me. It's almost like the publishing Clearing House of Scholarships. You yeah. know, it's like the last <laughs> That's dollars That's like a real feeling, though, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Like, you dope. actually helped
0: the kids. Yeah. Grew up in Queens. Play, like, think about the draft. You're in your room getting ready to cry and yet you're helping kids go to college. Yeah. Is that like, does it ever hit you like,
1: that's surreal. Like, that's amazing. surreal shit. Yeah, definitely. It's amazing, man. And you know what? It's, it's, it's cool because when the kids come back and speak at the fundraisers, that's when everybody that's in the room realizes where those dollars are going. That's when they realize, hey, we paid this amount for a ticket. This student right here is Why? we're continuing to support this organization. Because that, me and you
0: can talk dance, like, all right, but and all of a sudden kid's like, no, yeah, I did it. Like, exactly. I went through the system, I
1: graduated. Right, and without, right. without Beyond the Burrows, without Tuton and Ray, we would not have, I would not have made it to college and not completed college. So this is the reason why I'm so thankful. And that that's the emotional heartstring that, that really, you know, pulls on the supporters and the people. And you see, once you, once you hear the students speak, once you go on the website and see all the people that we've helped, you really realize how much is still needed.
0: Now, just say randomly, because I have like, I don't know why. I think it's Michael Cape, a huge audience. So I look at the end, how does some if someone wants to help, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to give $20. Can people just give a yeah, few absolutely. dollars? To, absolutely. Absolutely. No, and
1: I mean, and any dollar amount helps. You know what I mean? It, it really doesn't matter. And what we do is um, there's several different ways to donate. When you go to the website, which is org. B E Y O N D T H E. B-O-R-O-U-G-H-S dot org. Once you go there, there's a, a Donate Now button on the top right. Uh, you hear a speech of, of me giving a speech of, of why I did it, uh, similar, similar to what I just told you, Mike. And then um, you can scroll through different tabs and see some of the students that we've helped, our partners, our board members. So um, you can give... It doesn't matter what you give. You mm-hmm. know, If you can give Uh, If you want to get $20,000 for a full scholarship and actually have a name scholarship and your name name or a name of a a family member that may not be here that believe in education or or a, a company that you work with, there's ways to do that. Or if you want to give $5 a month for the whole year, $60 a year. That still helps, too. You know what I mean? Because that's going to go to a student that otherwise would not have an opportunity to attend college. And all our board members are on a volunteer basis. Nobody gets paid. So not
0: getting paid? Not not. getting paid.
1: So you do have overhead in terms of the website, insurance for the events and stuff. But... In terms of, of get, nobody gets paid, I don't get
0: paid for this. This
1: is for the students. We want to raise as much money as possible and give back to the students and help them become the next generation of successful people in this in this, uh, in this country. Now,
0: you mentioned events. What events do you guys do?
1: So currently, we do uh, the NFL draft fundraiser. Mm-hmm. We brought that back. It, it, we it, we went away from it for a few years because it went to Philly, and I was in. Uh, I mean, so I went to Chicago, and I was in, in Philly this past past week. But we bought it back this year, and then we have a sit down dinner that we've done the last two years, which has been pretty successful. Where's that? Uh, that's typically at the uh, the downtown dream and um, they they do a great job supporting that? us. Uh, that that we were actually we're gonna get on a, a call this week. I think it'll be sometime in the fall, probably around um, October, September, October. And then um, we do other ancillary events throughout the course of the year. Sometimes we do uh, um, uh, we, we partner with uh, with some of board members and uh, do a charity poker deal, poker event, and that's that's pretty good. Yeah, you, you texted and, me, yeah, eight hours for the know, poker my thing. Bad, my bad. No, I'm gonna, gonna tell you something
0: right now. This is like an off air thing, but the reason I think the show is good is because it's just regular guys talking. Talking, yeah. Jack Dempsey's will one gazillion percent buy a table or whatever at the cool, dream. They know cool. definitely. So obviously, off air, we'll yeah, exchange yeah, yeah. with each other's numbers. We'll yeah. text. 100 gazillion percent, they'll for buy sure, a table man. for you. Major, so, you have to let me know at the Dream, especially? Yeah, major. Definitely. Yeah, you that, let that, me know. That's, that's they'll def- the owner here is like the greatest person ever. Cool. And man. he'll definitely buy something.
1: Cool. Yeah, absolutely. That'd, that'd be great, man. And, and again, any support possible. And, and we're looking to just add to the board as well because I think each person that hears this and, and, and learns about Beyond the Burrows, they're going to say, you know what? This is a no brainer. Why not get involved? Because it's so simple. It's so easy. And especially not a big
0: overhead where you see my big thing with charities. Listen, I don't have any money. I'm poor. But the <laughs> biggest thing with the money is you feel like you give money. Where's it going? to? Like you're right. saying this is going for like a website and insurance. It's not that's going it. for anywhere else. That's it. And it goes to the students for sure, man. All right. So that's actually – we have a few more minutes. Give me all right? We're good, we good. Question with Super Bowl. You played in the yeah. Super Bowl. Yeah. What do you remember most about – forget about Van and Terry's kick. Mm. When it goes – you know what? what goes, Van and Terry kicks that ball. What goes through your head? Like you knew it. F, we just lost Super well,
1: Bowl. Well, you know what we kind of knew that that it probably wouldn't go our way is – when uh, unfortunately John Casey kicks the ball out of bounds and gives oh, I know, I know. Tom oh, Brady the ball at right I think it was like 35 or something like that and Brady to this day he's the best dinking and dunking quarterback in the league man and and when you get the ball out so fast Three step drops if he's under and then sitting in the shotgun now and all he has to do is look and do a quick out route and now you're just talking yards after the catch he doesn't throw bombs anymore no it's I know it's all yards after the catch it's a
0: four yard pass all of a sudden he gets seven how do he get eleven yards That's I know it.
1: And, and and he's been doing that and we were playing off coverage I'll never forget we were playing off coverage at the time and um, he just started dinking and dunking down the field and I'm like yo we cannot stop this and all he needs is like another twenty yards before they're in field goal range so at that point we kind of knew what it was. And um, of course, the Vinatieri kick went up, and then you just see the confetti coming down. And I remember Coach Fox telling us, "You know, you want to win this game because in a Super Bowl, you never want to be on the other side of the tape." We're like, "What are you talking about?" So as soon as you lose the Super Bowl, I don't know where they come from, but this, <laughs> all the security guards, this this yellow tape that they that they rope off the field with, mm-hmm. so you know other people supposedly can't get on the field, but. You're all of a sudden, they rope off like the winners and the losers. <laughs> <laughs> whoever wins the Super Bowl is inside the tape, and it's like the VIP line of the club. And you're on the outside looking. And you know, typically after a game, you shake hands with your boys, but then you, you start of walking towards the shake hands, and you look, you like, damn, I'm outside the tape. And all the confetti falling. Is You're like, not
0: cool enough to get in the club. Cool you enough can't enough to go to the tunnel, tunnel man. <laughs> so
1: at, literally you walk on the field, take a couple steps, and then you just start walking back oh. to the tunnel. Like, damn, we it really, really took an L. You know what I mean? But one of the best things I do remember from that Super Bowl was that's the one where um, Janet Jackson had the wardrobe. Nipple, yeah, so, yeah, the yeah. So that's what I remember about it. That was that was pretty cool.
0: Now, with the Super Bowl, what's the one thing you remember? Was it family exit for tickets? Was it, was it one moment like? You remember, like, that's your Super Bowl moment. Forget about Janet Jackson's boob coming out. And <laughs> Terry. Was there a moment, like, people calling you for tickets, or was it, like, a practice? Oh, shit, I'm in the Super Bowl now. Because now, you didn't play that much with the Saints. But now you're yeah. getting burned out with the Panthers. You're playing now. You're in the league. You're part of the league. Yeah, was there yeah, a moment with Super Bowl, like, that just well, always sticks. With ironically,
1: it? I so I didn't get burned with the Saints. And that first year I didn't get burned with the Panthers either. So okay. I didn't actually play. I was there. You know, I, Oh, but you weren't I, playing. Nah, I wasn't playing. So the next um, but then you saw like yeah, 14 next okay, year okay. after that that started and, and then kind of ran the table with that. But um Um yeah, for me, I mean I, for me it had to be probably Super Bowl week. You know, we we had we, just just everything that comes with it, you know, and a lot of it was off the field. Um but the way they lay out the, the, the city for you And give you kind of The key to the city Like we Me and uh, a couple of guys Went to, to the, the uh, I think it was the Kings And the Rockets played And they announced us On on, a, on, a, on cool. the court It was dope My agent set it up At the time It was me Julius Peppers Chris Jenkins Kendall Moorhead Deshaun Foster And uh, they announced us And like give A huge big Houston Texas Welcome to the NFC Championship uh, Carolina Panthers And we all standing up And my phone's blowing up Like dude what you doing On TV You're on TV, the basketball. It's crazy So that was cool Um just just going through the whole week and seeing family and everybody so, so hype about that being there. I, You know, I didn't – I mean, you, you you hear about how major it is, but I didn't realize it until I was actually there. And, of course, the kickoff of the game and, and me seeing my son, him coming on the field on the pregame, meet, you know, I'm dressed up in my uniform or whatever. He's down there. I, I bring him on the field, take some pictures, and, you know, stuff like that will, will always stick with me.
0: Offensive linemen, they get girls – so
1: I do, <laughs> you know what I mean. I do. So I don't know about all the other offensive linemen, but yeah, my you know for me, I was, I think uh, for me, my thing was, um, my thing was, I always thought that I was one of the, I guess, most sexy offensive linemen. <laughs> 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 sexy offensive linemen. So you know, um, you know, you see it on my bike. I put plus size model and all of that. That's that's
0: that's. <laughs> I, we, we we went out together one night at yeah, the Grand hotel, yeah. which is. Still like I'm, I'm still hurting from that night. <laughs> but well, I never forget what I want to tell everybody. Hey, I'm i yeah, I'm with the NFL guys, yeah. and you're like oh, I'm a plus size man. I'm like no, don't say yeah. that. <laughs> don't make no guy. Tell me you play in the NFL. <laughs> Do you have a ring? Show me something. Show me. I remember I was getting so mad at you. I was like because yeah. I remember I wanted to go talk to some girls, man. I'm with those NFL guys. She's like, who? When you walk over, me and you were talking. Yeah. And they're like, he's like, I'm not NFL. I'm plus size model. Like, no, he's not. He's Google like, it. <laughs> I hated you that night. <laughs> you know what's funny?
1: Man? It's so funny because uh, for me, it's always like just throwing them off with something. You know what I mean? And if you're talking to a female you say that and she starts laughing, chances are, all right. Nah, now you you're got good. a conversation. They com- give
0: one giggle, you're good.
1: Your conversation is open. But yeah, man, I think for me. You know, in my days when I was single, I, I didn't have a problem at all. It was just like I, – I, and I hang out typically with defensive players, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> Line, uh, D-linemen, D linebackers, DBs, etc. So we, we all kick it, and and I'm the one lineman out there. and so I was holding my own. So, you want you, to know, well, I know I
0: mean? my game used to be – I'm going to tell you my old game. And I know we do have to wrap it up. Here's my old game. This is like, I guess, like 98, mm-hmm. 97. There was no internet. There was no smartphones. Right, right. So we used to go out. You know Justin Walker. Yeah. Big, big, big black dude. Was he like six three, three hundred mm. pounds? We'd go out, and we had the same game. This is how great this game was. I would go to the bar. I'd stand there, and he would stand behind me, like and cross his arms. Mm. And people were like, "Why is this big black dude?" Like, sent, and we have another friend. It was a three man team. Mm. Walk over to me and ask for an autograph. Mm. Dude, who I was nobody. <laughs> I signed <Nice>. an autograph, <laughs> nice. and then walk over and he would like, and a girl walked near me. He's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa. calm down, ma'am." <laughs> so and she's like, "Excuse me." He's like, "Just you trying to get a picture with him?" She's like, "Who is he?" Like, you don't know who it is? Oh. Wait, who is it? And then he'd make <laughs> up some story like, that's so-and-so. He's like a professional fighter. Or nice. he plays. And that was my game. For, and then the smartphone yeah, killed that guy <laughs> since. St- wait, wait, I always ask this question. You and I are out yeah. trying to impress people. Who's the coolest person on your phone? Wait, that if you text them, they'll text you back. The, wow, the coolest person on my phone? They can impress people. Uh, like if you like, hey, watch this. Click, click, click. Yo, what's up? And within an hour, they text you back.
1: Uh, I think for me, I, I I don't know, maybe maybe a I don't even say guys in the NFL. That's too easy, right? So everybody,
0: I ex- I stump them and then they leave no, and they no. text me. By the way, the call's yeah. I think um,
1: have you heard Elle Varner She's a female female artist. No. She, she's pretty cool. She's uh, obviously uh, you know when I, I've and actually, I've actually done this before. I've, I've texted people say hey. Hey, Elle, I'm with such and such. She's a huge fan. And then she'll text back, oh, tell her I said hello. And then they're like, oh, Well, then God, you're good. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, but, you know, I mean, there, there's, there's several, several people. I need a good name. I, can, I need a good name. I can, let me see. I, I don't know, man. You, like
0: you said, you, did, you stumped me, man. I, this is the second to last question on the show. So I, I need a man, good answer. Like, know, man. Just, we're just out. go to the next question <laughs> and then it come back. I don't no. know. Man. Well, the next question is kind of like this. The next question is, Jack Dempsey's. Bar and Grill, thirty six West thirty third Street. How beautiful is this bar, by the way? Amazing, man, amazing. <laughs> you I retweet like this, we're good. And uh, when they buy a table, here is a deal we have: they buy a table, you get me someone cool to come on the show. For sure, no. that's easy.
1: That's easy. That's all easy. All right, so know, we're gonna the wrap question. the show. Up I got probably. my guy, my kill He he's up in New York all the time. You know oh, what spi- y- spice, spice is spice is probably. He's, a lot of people, particularly down south, they they know. The him all up, they him. Know up here he is. too. Yeah, up here too. They so. know why
0: he'll be huge up here because everyone up here is Bengal fans. Oh yeah, so
1: everyone. Perfect. So right here now, I guess Tequila's is the guy that if Dude, I if I text him, Arkansas,
0: you let me know when you can come on the show and we'll set up the whole bar will be filled with Kentucky oh, fans. Oh, absolutely,
1: absolutely. And he has a dope book out called Behind the Mask. Man, you gotta check it out. Too. What, I, when it's called Behind the when, Mask. It came out already. Yeah, yeah, it came out. It's on. Um, I think you can get it off of Amazon. It's on Behind the Mask Book dot. Dude, oh, and, so uh, hit me up
0: because you he, welcome. I, I have yeah. all, all have authors on all the time. I'm the it's biggest dope.
1: reader in the world. It's dope. You got to check it out too. It's, it's actually a book. Um, and he he takes the greatest linebackers uh, that ever played the game. Okay, and through photography, he goes to uh, ask them how or when did they realize that they were they were great. So you take. The pictures from playing days and and he does photography also. So okay. you take the pictures from playing days and up to now, whatever they're doing now, and then he tells a story through the pictures of of the moment that they it clicked and they're like, hey, you know what, I can do this. Kind of like you just asked. When me. the book so, come out? This came out like in December of uh, twenty sixteen.
0: Dude, you have to. When we, uh, we'll finish up now, but you got to get them yeah. on, dude. We'll get a ton of people here. For sure, I we'll tell, tell them you. and they'll buy. I guarantee at least fifty copies. The whole bar oh, is Bengal fans. Absolutely, it's a Kentucky and Bengal Far. Absolutely, um, dude. Absolutely. I'll be honest. This was. Hopefully, it was different for you than Yo, a generic it dope, interview. Man.
1: It was. It was. I thought it was going to be straight, like, uh, who got drafted and what's not. No. That, I this got it. is dope, man. This is, like, just. just. You know what's funny? So I'm, I'm going
0: to uh, pat myself on the back. So every, after everybody comes on, like, dude, I'll definitely do that again. And yeah. I have, like, four mics, the six mics. Uh-huh. And we usually, do, like, round, I told you, Felipe Lopez, Kenny Aniston, yeah. We'll do round table. Dope, dope. And it's just, like, a hangout. Yeah. So I hope this wasn't generic for you. Nah, this was, this was your dope, stories man. were freaking awesome, man. It was yeah,
1: awesome. Yeah, man. Appreciate it, Mike. My man, thank you so much for coming on, bro. Thank you. Take